You're listening to The Collected Podcast, bringing you stories that remind us who God is and who we are in Him. The Collected Podcast is a production of Collected Ministries. Follow Collected on social media at Collected Podcast. And be sure to visit thecollectedpodcast.com for show notes and additional content related to today's episode. Welcome to Season 5, Episode 13 of The Collected Podcast. I'm your host, Jess Biondo, and today I'm very excited to bring you a conversation with Brett Boner. He is a financial planner or advisor. He'll tell you a little bit more about that and what that means. Um, A former golf pro, and God has just had him on a crazy journey with something that happened in his life that changed the course of everything. So Brett, welcome to the show. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. So um, as we dive in, I was wondering if you could share a little bit about how you came to know the Lord and, you know, how you ended up on this path that you're on now and doing what you're doing now and all of that. Wow. That's, there's a long uh, a long story of, of how I guess where I am now, but... Um, I might only have to ask one question. No, we're good I'm for 30 gonna, minutes. I, I won't go that far, that long on, on, on one question, but... Um, <laughs> So when I was a child, uh, my mom had me and my sister going to church um, quite often. And I went, I grew up in a small town in Alabama called Gadsden, Alabama. And we were Presbyterians and uh, my dad was Catholic. So it was just really my mom and my sister and I um, that went to church together. And, and my dad um, would, would um, really not go to church back then. And he, he does now, which is a great thing. Um, but we were, it was a church where you would be there Sunday morning, um, a lot of times Sunday evening. Um, and I can remember when I was 12 years old, um, after a Sunday school lesson, I was at my grandparents' house like we typically would do on a Sunday afternoon after church. And uh, I can remember I was in their backyard, went behind a tree and asked the Lord to come into my heart. And um, it's actually pretty emotional just thinking about that. Um, but I, I will never forget that. And people ask me that all the time. And, you know, and, and did I fully realize what it meant then? I don't know. Um, probably not. Mm. But I can remember the Sunday school teacher and the way she explained it. And I just felt encouraged to do it that day. Um, my path at that point was volatile, as most kids were. Um, and, that, and that can take on a couple of meanings. I... I um, Continued to go to church with my mom, but also I had most of my friends went to a different church growing up and they went to this Baptist church and it was very different from where I was going. And it was more um, um, brimstone and fire. And, and um, but for some reason, I was more comfortable there. And then I go to college at Auburn and um, I would go to church very often. Um, did uh, RUF during the week, Reform University Fellowship. Um in between there, I would act up and I would go back to uh, church on Sunday to ask for forgiveness. And, um, you know, like I said, it was just volatile. Um, and um, but there's, it's always been a part of it's always been a part of my heart and a part of my mind. Um, and I can tell you, you know, more later about um, kind of what's transpired to get me on on the path I am now. Yeah. So you ended up maybe during college and post-college being a golfer. Yes. Um, so what did that look like? I mean, so, grew up what, playing, what lessons yeah. can we learn about God through golf? Um, 
grew up playing golf and basketball and um but golf really took a took a big place in my in my life when I was 12 13 14 years old um started playing in tournaments started playing well and um when I got to high school it was a dream of mine to play college golf and I got that opportunity at Auburn so I was on the golf team at Auburn um played for for four years there um and and afterwards and to be honest with you I didn't take advantage of my opportunity at Auburn um had some good tournaments and some good golf at times but it was very inconsistent um probably because my priorities were very inconsistent and but my father saw um the ability and talent and so when I graduated college he said hey before going working in the real world um go give this golf thing a shot and I did and started playing really good golf I mean I think it was a good thing to get away from from college from Auburn and and I graduated and started playing professionally and started playing well. Um, and I just kept going and, um, I did it for nine years. Um, and I would say the first three were well, probably the first four were really good. And I met my wife and got married. I put a ton of pressure on myself to make it to the PGA tour mm-hmm. and, um, didn't do that. And then the last few years were, um, really good. And, um, but after nine years, 32 years old, not making any money, wanted to start a family. It, it was time. And so I gave it up um, beginning in 2006 and became a financial advisor that year. And I've been with the same firm since then. Wow. I mean, I didn't really answer your question about God and golf. Um, I know, it's kind of a random question. <laughs> no, it's not. I mean, it's hard. Yeah. You know, you're, on, you're on the road. Um, I was probably on the road 30 to 34 weeks a year. Mm. Um that you're playing on Sunday or traveling on Sunday. So you don't really go to church. You find pockets of, of small men's group. Um, but, but very rarely. And so it was a challenge. Um, I would also say that, um, I was probably back then praying for the wrong things. Mm. Um, when it comes to my golf and my career, um, and asking God, why, why am I not making it yet? I'm, aren't I a good guy kind of thing? Yeah. Um, aren't I doing everything you want me to be doing, which I wasn't, I'm sure. Um, and so it was a challenge. Um, some great times. And my wife was an unbelievable supporter of that as, as the sacrifices she made were amazing. But um, it was a great experience. I met so many wonderful people, lifelong friends. I got to see the world, but um it was it was time. So, yeah. Yeah. Well, and you mentioned prayer. And I feel like there's someone out there who is praying for things and they don't feel like God is moving. They don't see any answers. They don't like they feel like their prayers are just going off into nothingness. Mm-hmm. Um, what maybe wisdom or hope or encouragement might you have for them? Great question. I and it's interesting that you bring that particular comment up because I'm in a um, men's small group now that I lead, um, and there was a I have a co-leader, thankfully, because this is new to me. Um, but a guy in my group, um, as as the co-leader says, we have a bunch of misfits um, in our group, which is great, right? A bunch of tire kickers. Um, and this guy said, you know, sometimes I feel like I'm on this journey alone and, and there's no one really listening or um, I don't hear the answers or 
um, it's just the length of time between prayer or um, visibility on the other side of that prayer can be discouraging. And the co-leader who's been doing small men's groups for 20 plus years, he referenced us to David and, um, and in the Psalms, how many times David asked the Lord, are you listening? Are you here? How long was it going to be? How long, how long, how long? And, um, you know, you see one of the greatest figures in the Bible struggle with the same thing. Um, and you know, our timeline is obviously very different than the Lord's. Um, and it, it is, I think it just comes down to faith. Um, like if, if, if our faith is there, um, we have to trust that he's working no matter if we see and hear it. Um, mm. and it's hard. It is not easy. It's not like yeah. it's, I think it's a great question for anybody, a believer or non-believer. Um, I think it's a great question. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes, I don't know, we just, it's it's easy to feel like it doesn't even matter. Why am I even praying? Like, yeah. I've been yeah. praying the same thing for years or, you know, weeks or months or years, however long. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. But yeah. I want someone out there to hear too. It's not in vain. Like God no, hears not. and he yeah. cares yeah. and his answer might not be what you want or what you expect, but he always cares and always listens, even when it doesn't feel like it. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Um, So back to your story. So I know something pretty big happened in your life that kind of changed things for you. So I was wondering if you could dive into that for us. Yes. Um, So like I said, I've been a financial advisor since 2006 um, with Carroll Financial, which is now Wealth Enhancement Group. And it's been a blessing. It's been a lot of fun. I love um, being a part of families' financial lives. Um, you know, just today I had a meeting with clients and to see the expression on their face, faces of, oh, that makes sense. Or, wow, I'm so glad we came in today is what the lady said. And, um, you know, that's the rewarding part of my job. Um, and I don't look at it as a job. I really don't. Um, but it's, it's just been so rewarding to be a part of people's financial lives. Um, but there's a lot, there's, there's a lot that happened in my life or has happened in my life between 2006 and and 2021 when I had this accident. Hmm. Um, but, um, and a lot of ins and outs. I mean, we have two great kids, a 15 year old and a 12 year old, very healthy, thankfully. Um, um, very good kids, great marriage. Thankfully, I've got, I tell people I have a unicorn of a wife, um, and, um, he's just a strong believer. And, and so, um, fast forward to, uh, May, 2021. Um, I am at lunch on Monday, the May 10th, May 10th with a friend from church. And, um, at the time, uh, our pastor and his wife were going through a tough time with, with one of their children. And I, I just really struggled with how hard that was on them. Um, and, and I really struggled with really honestly why God was allowing that to happen because here's a guy that is head of our church and take and taking care of the people of its church. And he's having to, to focus on something that's taking his attention away from the church. Um, something that to me didn't seem fair. Like, you know, you would think that that would be the last thing he would have to do with something with one of his children. And so 
I literally said at church, I mean, at, sorry, at lunch that day, I said, you know, Eric, um, I'm really struggling with this and I don't understand why it's happening to them. I said, honestly, I've never had anything really bad happen in my life. I, and I said those words and I said, you know, I lost out on a dream of playing on the PGA tour. Um, but, um, you know, knock on wood, I never had any major uh, illnesses in my family. Even uh, I never had a close family member have cancer. Um, I've never seen the really the struggle of that. Um, and we get home, I get home from work that, that day, I was telling my wife about our conversation. It was also back when, um, you know, we're, we're pretty much still in the middle of COVID. Um, and as you can remember, and still to this day, there's just so much vitriol in the world and hate. And I, I told Lindsay, I literally told her that night, right before this happened, I said, she's just the two of us eating dinner at home. I said, um, I said, I, I, I hate humans. And she's like, what are you talking about? And I said, I'm just so tired of all of this. And um, it just wears me down. And, I, and, you know, and part of it is me paying attention to the wrong things, uh, me being on news or social media or what have you. Um, and so I learned some big lessons around that too. Well, um, within the next half hour, I'm driving to AG Middle School to pick up our son at um, soccer practice. And uh, it's a beautiful night, Monday, May the 10th. I uh, had the sunroof down. Um, listening to Jimmy Buffett, I can remember. And I turned left on Wendover Road and on Sharon Road, um, about two or 300 yards down, out of the corner of my eye or out of my peripheral vision, I see this big thing start moving and there's a big tree limb falling off a Bradford pear tree. And um, there was no way I was going to be able to stop, but I slammed on the brakes and it simultaneously tree, big limb landed in the middle of the road and my car hit it. And I come to a stop after a couple of loud noises and uh, I'm awake and stunned and I put the car in park and I turn the radio down and um, guy knocks on my window. I roll the window down and um, he's like, hey, man, and he looked down at my chest. He looked at me and, um, and he looked down at my chest again. And he said, hey, I I'm going to call 911. Who else should I call? And then I, I just noticed there was this big tree limb right over my steering wheel through my window. And, um, so I told him to call my wife and he called Lindsay and she didn't answer, of course, because she didn't know the number. And he texted her and said, ma'am, please pick up. It's about your husband, which obviously no one wants to get that, that kind of text. Anyway, um, that tree limb, um, that I, that fell on the road had a, I hit it and it flipped it up in the air and another big limb connected to that limb went right through my windshield and into my chest. And, um, it impaled me about five inches deep, um, and thankfully it was on the right side, um, and kind of went through my through my pec and under my arm um, and tore me up pretty good. But as unlucky as it was, obviously it could have been a lot worse. It could have been the left side. It could have been my face, my neck. So anyway, I was in the car for thirty minutes. They couldn't get me out. But by the time Lindsay got there, there were three fire trucks and I don't know two medics and about eight police cars. Um, it was a mess and they had to use the jaws of life to get me out, rush me to the hospital, emergency surgery, um, and, um, wake up and Lindsay tells me where I am and what's happening. And it was about 1am. Um, and the next day the doctors come in and, and the surgeons that, that, that did the surgery and kind of give us a full report. I've got four broken ribs. I've got a collapsed lung. I've got shredded pec muscle. 
a torn serratus muscle, torn bicep, uh, lacerated liver. Um, and so you just start hearing all these things. And then they say, oh, yeah, by the way, the main artery from your arm to your chest was sitting there dangling in the wind while everything else around it was completely shredded. And so they said, and they said the words, you should have bled out in your car. Um, oh, my gosh. And so, yeah, to hear that was, um, was, like I said, very emotional. Um, so I was in the hospital for 10 days. Um, finally got the lung to re reinflate, which was the main thing. And I got to go home. Um, didn't, didn't get to see my kids for 10 days, only FaceTimed a couple of times and I was pretty banged up. So it was hard on them too. Um, but, um, the first person besides Lindsay that came to the hospital was our pastor. And, you know, he, he says, there's something amazing going to come to this. Um, and I told him the story the day before about talking about him and talking about <clears throat> how nothing bad had ever happened to me. And here I am in, in this hospital room, completely feeling helpless and, but at the same time feeling hopeful. Um, and, and so, um, it was a wild ride after that, a lot of PT, um, I think, so I had another surgery in January of 22. So between the accident and the surgery, um, we, my wife and I counted about 80 to 90 physical therapy sessions in clinic. Um, not to mention what I did at home. Um, obviously golf's a big part of my life. So I was away from golf for a year, which is a good thing because it is, it was, and still can be a false idol of mine. Um, and, and kind of an identity puller. Um, but, but just the thing that came of this was me telling people, me telling Lindsay, I hate humans. Um, and yet how many amazing humans showed up, right? Yeah. Um, in our lives and kept my family together, um, was, was just so special. And so, um, we had our church community um, was there obviously the most, just the things they did to step up, the food, the, the errands, the um, taking our kids places. Um, and I've always been reluctant to be, a, to really ingrain myself in a church community. I've always felt like, okay, I'll be there on Sunday morning and I'll do my Tuesday morning men's group. And that's enough. I don't want to air all my dirty laundry to my community group and my church. And, um, and, and yet I had made that leap about a year before that and, and had joined a community group um, with, with Lindsay. And so that was fantastic that they were there um, for us. Um, and just all these amazing people showed up and God just showed me how, how I was so focused on the wrong people and I still could be focused on reading the wrong things or looking at the wrong things. And, and you just take for granted who in your life is important and cares for you and truly cares for you um, and loves you. And, um, and so that was the number one thing that came back from this was the community and, and, and focusing on the wrong things. Um, so I used the word intimidating. I don't know if I said that yet or not, but I was very intimidated. Um, because I was still alive. And when Gordon said to me, 
you know, something really good is going to come of this. It's just extremely intimidating to think, okay, well, first off, what is it? Mm-hmm. Um, I love to live and fast forward. I love to know um, like what my schedule looks like for the next month, six months, eight months, um, plan things out. My, <laughs> my son, it'll be Wednesday and, you know, Lindsay and I want to know like, what are you going to do Friday and Saturday night? My son's still this day. like, I don't know, dad, just, he goes, just live. It's fine. Just live. I'm like, well, your dad likes to go to sleep at a decent hour. So I'd like to know what's going on, but, um, but I love to live and fast forward. Um, and, um, it was like, as I, as that limb was coming down, I I said this before I said, it was like, God said, let me take the wheel because you need to slow down. Um, and you need to just take a step back and, and let me, let me show you some things in your life that are amazing that you are not seeing. Um, and so for two years, I had been asked to do this search ministries, what's called Q school, which is very interesting because if you know anything about golf and you might not, um, to get to the PGA tour, you have to go through what's called a Q school. And, um, I failed, um, seven times to get to PGA tour and then search ministries, which I don't know if you know what search is, but it's a great men's uh, ministry um, that has been in Charlotte for, I think, close to 40 years, but it goes around and it, and um, it's sharing God's word through with businessmen and starting small groups in the corporate, in the corporate world. Um, and they have this Q school where they, you go through this year long thing of really training on how to lead small groups and how to start small groups. And, and they'd asked me twice already. And I said, no, um, just intimidated. Um, don't, I want to be part of a small group. But I can't imagine leading one. And so I'm still, I'm, I'm now alive and I'm, and they asked me again and I couldn't wait to say yes. Um, and I'm thankful they asked me again. So I did Q school in 21, 22. And um, if you ever get to know each other better, you'll know that if I sign up for something, I'm going to follow through. It's just a pet peeve of mine. Like, I just feel like if I ask somebody to do something, they say, yes, I want them to follow through with me. So I, um, started a small group back, um, in September. Um, and it's been amazing. Um, you know, in your prayer before this, you said, God, just show up and lead the conversation and and going back to me wanting to have a plan for everything. I want everything to be perfect. And this co-leader that's leading with me, he's like, God's going to show up. If you don't feel like you're prepared, it's okay. The conversation will happen and it's going to take shape however God wants it to. And so, um, I'm being very long-winded here, but but that is that has been um, an amazing blessing. Um, I've got guys that um, have never been in a small group, but but I asked if they're interested, and they said, I'd "Love to do it with you." Um, and they asked some very tough questions ab- about things we just talked about, like how do you, sh- why isn't he showing up? Where is he? Um, yeah, and so. Um, but it, it is, it has been a blessing and I, I look forward to it every Tuesday morning. We do it here in my office. Um, I got to speak. Um, what's interesting is also for my accident is this is, this is the fifth um, kind of speaking engagement I've done, um, which I'd never done one yeah. about my faith or myself. Um, and this is the fifth one. And so the doors that is open from that and the very first one I did um, 
No, I did the church first. The second one I did was for this church ministries group. They asked me to speak in the backyard. Once a quarter, they get anywhere from 60 to 80 guys together and bring a speaker in. And I spoke in November of 21 about what had happened, whatever, five, six months earlier. And um, <clears throat> a guy came up to me afterwards and I'd heard his name before and never met him. And he's just got tears rolling down his face. And um, he just said, you have no idea what your message means to me and what's going on in my life um, and how I can res resonate. This all resonates to me. Well, fast forward one month and that, that guy was laying in his bed one night and his son came into his room and said he almost took his life. And, um, and now that guy's in my men's small group. Oh. Um, so you just, it's just been, it's been an amazing journey yeah. from that accident, sitting in my car trapped, hearing that I could have and should have died and um, getting to lead men, um, hopefully to the Lord, to a stronger relationship. And it's just been an amazing gift. So Wow. I mean, that is just so amazing too, what God can do when we just say yes, like yeah, I'll yeah. speak, or yeah, I'll do the class, or yeah, I'll lead the men's group, or you know, whatever it is. When we just say yes, when He opens a door for us, He can take it further than we ever imagined. He which really is can. So good. He really can. And so I'm, gracious. I was always reluctant sometimes to walk through that door. Um, mm. I think for fear of ego, for fear of what it means that I've got to now potentially do, or how I need to act differently, or yeah. Um, you know, I, I don't know. I, um, I was always reluctant to do that. And now it's interesting. Lindsay is, is the one that's, and I get it. She's more skittish in the car. Now she's more skittish around. Like we love to hike and when we go hiking and she, and, and we'll go to the mountains and I say, I'm gonna go on a hike by myself. She's like, no, you're not. Um, there's a lot of trees in the mountains. Right. <laughs> and, and, um, exactly. And, um, I'm just like, I don't know. Something has changed where I don't fear. I don't know. I don't fear death. I don't fear. Um, I don't know. I mean, it's just different. If God for me. can save you after you were impaled, right. He can save you from anything. That's right. That's right. And you're I think not now, leaving this earth till it's your time to go. <laughs> well, that's exactly right. And you know, listening to uh, one of the podcasts you did you did recently, I told you I listened to it with Hadley. Is that her name? Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that quote that I think she said her husband says, it's not over till it's good. Yeah. Um, wow. Yeah. That is incredible. That's an incredible quote. I've shared it already multiple times um, that it's not over till it's good. And that can take on a lot of meanings, but I know what he's saying. I know what he was saying. Yeah. Um, and um, I think on the same, um, on the same podcast, either you said it or she said it. Um, that also resonated amazingly with me was this didn't happen for your past, but happened for your future. Yeah. Um, and so for me to think about what's happened since my accident in just this two short years, um, exponentially different than the previous 47 um, yeah. for me. So um, it's been, it's been awesome. It really has. It's, I mean, people say, man, I'm so sorry that happened to you. And I am too. I wish it, and I wish I wouldn't have had, my family wouldn't have had to go through that, but I, I'm, I, I think it's going to be the best thing that ever happened in my life. Yeah. I hope wow. so. I mean, since the accident, 
What have you learned about the character of God with everything you've gone through? Well, one of my favorite verses has always been, um, I can do all things through him who strengthens me. And I didn't really, I had a different meaning of that. I used to think that I can do all great things. I can do all things that I want that, that end up with a great ending for me. So, mm. you know, in golf and, and I, and, and I think that's fine too. I, I do like, um, um, Lindsay, I had a great, amazing golf experience in 2018. I was, and you can see the, behind me, I, I was the runner up in the um, United States Mid-Amateur Championship. I lost in the finals. And um, Lindsay asked me, she's like, you know, it was, it was uh, 10 rounds. I walked over 70 miles um, in six days. Um, she's like, how are you doing this? And I just kept saying, I kept saying that over and over and over again, that I can do all things. Well, but I think that means I can do all things, even the bad things um, yeah. through Christ, right? Who strengthens me. And I was not looking at it the right way. And so God's character to me says, yeah, there is no perfect roadmap. Um, in fact, it's going to be messy, um, but that's okay. That is okay. Uh, Cause you can still do it. You can still get through it. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah. He is so, good and faithful to provide. I like that. I can do all things, even the hard things. Yep, yep. Um, he will never leave us in the valleys. No. He's right there by our side, guiding That's us right. through. And Lindsay, um, she had this, and I found this months after my accident. Um, I found this on our um, in our study, on a piece of paper that I, I don't know why it was out. Maybe, it was, maybe I was looking through her Bible. I don't know. But the verse that got her through my accident that whole week was Psalm 91.4 when he talks about, I will protect you with my feathers. And, and um, like, I think it says, um, I will shelter you from really any mess that I create. Um, and, and she just said, Brett, that, that got me through um, because so many unknowns for her. Right. I mean, she yeah. was doing, wearing so many hats that week, trying to take care of our children and keep them calm my parents obviously drove up the next day and she's having to put up with them in the house and all the questions they have, having to go to the hospital, keep notes, what all the doctors are saying. And <coughs> excuse me. Um, so anyway, like I said, she's, she's an incredible woman. Oh, so yeah. we are almost out of time. And wow. I don't okay. talk too long. No, that's what you're supposed to do. <laughs> You've done a great job. Um, as we wrap up, what did I miss? What is a final word of encouragement or hope or challenge or story that you'd like to leave us with today? Um, man, I, honestly, I was afraid you were going to ask me that. Um, I, I really don't know. I, I, I don't know. I don't have a great quick one-liner that's going to be powerful, but um you know, for me, like you said, don't be afraid to say yes. Um, mm. I, I, I was afraid to for so long. Um, and I said no. And I said no in a lot of ways in life, not just to, to go to the search ministries Q school, right? Um, I, I, I would at times hang out, hang out with the wrong people I knew I was. Um, and then my heart was just churning 
saying this isn't you or, um, you know, I, I, I just think that God has been, um, he's been the one consistent thing in my life and search ministries has this thing where when you and God are close together and you, we are all going to wonder and we're going to drift. And, and if the one that drifts, it's not God, God is always there and we're going to be the ones that drift and he's, it's okay. And he wants, he just wants us to come back to him. Yeah. Um, And I've always just, ever since I heard that, I loved that. um, If you feel distance from God, it's not God. Um, it's you, right? Yeah. And, and so, and we all struggle with that, right? Finding time to be in prayer, finding time to be in the Word. And the only way to do that is to, to be consistent. Um, and, and I know that my life seems to have a lot more meaningful time, um, a lot less reactionary stress um, when I'm in, in that Word. Um, yeah. So that's been the blessing for me. Yeah. That is amazing. Brett, thank you so much for being on today. Thank you for having me. I appreciate it. I loved hearing Brett's story and the ways that God showed up in such a crazy situation where, from the world's perspective, he he shouldn't have made it. He should have died. And yet, God saved him and is using his story in such powerful ways to inspire and encourage others and to point them to the Father. Um, And it's just so good. As he was talking, I was thinking about Psalm 23, specifically verse 4, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. And just the way that God was with Brett every step of the way. Um, And he's with us. And that part for you are with me, that's the promise of God. That's how we are able to not fear because we know God's presence is with us. And his promise to us is his presence. The promise of God is himself. He is with us. Even if we can't feel it or see it, God is always there. He hears those prayers like we were talking about in the interview. Even if he feels distant, those feelings are not reality because the truth that the Bible tells us is that he is near. So if he feels distance, call that out as a lie that the devil's trying to get you to believe, to believe that you're alone and that nobody cares and that God has left you. Those are all lies because the truth of the Bible, the truth that the Bible tells us is that the Lord is near and he promises to stay near no matter what we're going through, through those valleys, on the mountaintops, wherever you are, God is there. Where can we flee from his presence? That's what the Bible says. If we go to the depths, you are there. If I go to the heights, you are there. All the places, God is there. And I I know I've needed that reminder and encouragement for the past couple weeks. So I just hope that brings you some peace and encouragement as well. Just rest in Him, nestle into Him in the shelter of His wings, that other verse that uh, Brett's wife was clinging to during that hard time. So I just hope you have a wonderful week. I'm sending you lots of love from across the airwaves, and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you for listening to The Collected Podcast. Please be sure to subscribe, rate, and review. And if you like what you've heard, we'd love it if you'd help spread the word. Check back here for new episodes dropping every other Thursday. You can follow along on social media at Collected Ministries.